Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, happy Thursday. It's Rich Birch here from the Unseminary Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, We've got a real treat today. We've got author, pastor, communications guru, uh, great guy today, Brandon Cox from Grace Hill Church in Bentonville, Arkansas, the home of Walmart. Brandon, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. No, I'm so glad you've uh, taken some time out today. Um, now, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your church? Just kind of give us your background. Sure. Well, I, I grew up in Kentucky, uh, met my wife in high school in a time when I wasn't involved in the church whatsoever, started attending with her, felt felt the real calling to ministry. Uh, we went to Bible college together in Arkansas, got married in the middle of that. Nice. Uh, Bridal past- college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, went back to Kentucky, pastored a church for eight years, a uh, church of about 50, and then grew it to 100, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then spent five years in Arkansas, pastoring a more traditional church. Uh, got a call kind of out of the blue from a guy at Saddleback Church, and they invited me to come on staff there to help redevelop and relaunch pastors.com. Mm-hmm. So I spent one year doing that in Southern California. And then uh, while I was there, the conversation began to revolve around church planting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were bringing on staff to, to ask the question of how to, how to Saddleback plant more churches and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I uh, had a conversation with my boss and with our church planting pastor at the time, Jeff Surratt, and then eventually Pastor Rick about, I think God has brought us here for this conversation about church planting because mm-hmm. we've talked about this for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So Saddleback said, well, let's let's just send you back or send you out. Uh, and Rick said, well, you know, where do you want to go? We got Tokyo and Chicago and, you know, all these places. And I said, well, have you ever heard of Bentonville, Arkansas? <laughs> and uh, amazingly, Rick said, yeah, my mom grew up there. So really? Was, yeah, oh, wow. a tie-in. Huh. So uh, we came back here, and, and he'd spent time here with Walmart when Purpose Driven Life was selling and that kind of thing. Okay. So sent us back here two and a half years ago. We've been planting Grace Hills, a daughter church of Saddleback, uh, for, for that time. And I still do the pastors.com role from a distance. Mm-hmm. So I get to be a pastor. I get to love on pastors. And, and that's kind of uh, one of the great loves of my life. So that's where we're at. Oh, that's very cool. That's, uh, I, yeah, I wondered, you know, there's like one of these things doesn't belong. Tokyo, New York, Bentonville. I think it might be New York. I think it's the yeah. one that doesn't belong in that sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's, so, that's fantastic. There's a lot we could talk about today. You're one of those guests where I'm like, gosh, there's so much, um, you know, we could cover. You're obviously a great resource for, uh, for the church. But, you know, one of the things we, you know, I would love to talk about is this whole idea of, um, you know, growth and control, something you've talked about um, before. Um, what is that? What, what does that tension or that dichotomy between those two, what does that have to do with church leadership? Sure. Well, I'll give you the conversation that that topic arose out of. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at Grace Hills, we, we had had a kind of a wave of growth. And when I say growth, we're not a mega church, so I'm not talking on the scale of thousands, but just um, in the last three months, an influx of about 100 new attenders on a regular basis. So my wife and I are sitting around going, what do we do with that? How do we, how do we plug everybody in? And sometimes the new people who attend might 
ask crazy questions or have crazy opinions or uh, have different ideas about church and leadership or uh, many of them don't come from a church background at all and so they come with a very secular humanistic way of thinking and so with all of that we're sitting around asking the questions about you know, how do you how do you control this how do you harness what's here and how do you make sure nobody slips through the cracks and so in the middle of that conversation took a trip to California spent a little bit of time with with Pastor Rick and my, my boss at Saddleback David Sean and David just made this comment and he said you know you, you, you're either gonna have growth or control and he said you need to have a little of each mm-hmm. uh, but you can't have all of either and he kinda went through the history of Saddleback and and said you know, from zero to 300, there's a lot of control because it, it was slow growth. And, but then from 300 to, you know, 500 or 600 or whatever, it grew fast. And, and so uh, we just kind of walked through this idea that if you try to control things and you create too many tightly bound systems, you kind of restrict the flow of the spirit. You, you constrict the organic nature of growth. Hmm. At the same time, if you abandon systems, if you get rid of control, then your growth spins out of control and becomes chaos. So that's that's how it all arose. Now, what would be, you know, some ways, some kind of control systems um, that you think might be too tightly wound? Obviously, every church is going to be different. But, you know, what are some some areas that you think, you know, people might just control too closely? Well, a good example might be for us. uh, We're a new church plant. We know that we're going to you know, stabilize and grow more in the future. And so uh, we have to ask the question, what are our expectations of people who volunteer and people who lead? Uh, And this kind of leadership ladder is going to look different for everybody. But I've served in churches where in order to volunteer, you needed to be a member living a, a lifestyle that we knew was consistent with our teachings and have a good grip on the church's doctrine. Hmm. So three kind of requirements that are controls. Right. Uh, in our situation, we've, we've opted instead to say there are a lot of levels at which you can serve without being a member. Now, you may not lead a team without being a member, but, but you can jump in. You can get your feet wet and not be a member. Uh, you don't have to understand our, our doctrine yet. Uh, and there may be things about your life that are inconsistent. Uh, we need to have a conversation maybe about some of those things, but we're going to be a little more lenient. So that would be a good example of, of where we usually create systems with um, agreements and parameters and covenants. And, and those are good things. Right. But if we're not careful and we start them too early at the lowest level, we really restrict growth and we stop the conversation that we can have with people. So now how far, um, you know, either sticking with that example or, um, you know, maybe a different one, how far is too far on the, you know, trying to release a bit of control? You know, where, how would a church leader diagnose, okay, maybe we're, things are, are going just a little too, um, too loose. We're, we're, we're allowing a bit too much uh, to happen. I think you have to come back to the question of influence. Mm. Who has influence right. within the church? And so anytime you give away a position to someone and that position carries uh, a bit of built-in influence. So if we call someone a team leader or a staff member or a, a pastor, you know, those are words and titles we might assign to someone along the way. Well, each one of those comes with kind of a new set of parameters that we would look at. So uh, if you want to be a greeter at the door, we really just want you alive, breathing, and happy. You know? <laughs> 
Um, but if you know, if you want to work with kids, we're going to do a background check. Right. If you're going to teach kids, we need to have a conversation about about your doctrinal understanding. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how we how we begin to look at it is um, as you move from the to go back to an old purpose driven example, as you move from the community to the crowd to the congregation to the committed to the core, the expectations go up right along the way. Yeah, I remember the first church I served in, um, this is when I was right out of school, um, you know, associate pastor kind of role. And uh, we, we had, I would say it was a pretty fairly high control environment. And I don't even remember at the time there was that, uh, you know, you had to be a member of the denomination and had been around for, I think it was a year, if I remember correctly. Um, and, you know, the thing that struck me at the time, now I was, so as a young, you know, pastor, I was like, this is crazy, you know. <laughs> I couldn't articulate it. I just ride it against it, right? I, I, it just didn't feel right. But the, you know, the, the thing that I appreciate about what you're saying there that I just hope people, Pat, that church leaders pick up is what you're, what you're really saying is a more nuanced approach to, you know, control or who is in, you know, who has influence rather than just kind of blunt force, um, you know, tools like we did early in our ministry career, like I did in my early ministry career, because we said that for any volunteer position. So if you wanted to be a an usher, um, you better be a member of our denomination, and which came with a whole bunch of other stuff and have been here for a year. Um, and so functionally, it was very difficult to get people plugged in um, yeah. because we would say to people, ironically, um, we would say to people who had been here just new and loved the church and were fired up for it, so glad to be here, we'd say, great, if you could stay here for another year um, and then, you know, do jump through these hoops with our denomination, um, you know, it, it, it just made it very difficult for people to get plugged in and ultimately made them feel like we were trying to keep them out, made them sure. feel like, hey, we don't want you uh, to be a part of this, um, you know, this. Are there any other areas you can see you've seen that kind of uh, growth and control, uh, you know, dichotomy at work in your church? Yeah, another big area for us, a good example would be small groups. Mm -hmm. Um, in our particular structure, we take a very loose, organic approach to small groups. Mm -hmm. uh, we want groups to spawn quickly. We want them to spread fast, to multiply. Uh, and so we take a very loose, organic approach to that. Uh, for example, um, just recently, had a young believer, hasn't been a, just was baptized within the past year, come and say, I really just, I'm not connecting in my group, just not understanding a lot of what gets talked about. Yep. She said, but I've got four co-workers, uh, two of whom are adamant non-believers, and the other two don't go to church anywhere. But they've all said they'd be happy to come to my house once a week for a Bible study. Wow. Can I take the church's <laughs> curriculum? So we set the curriculum. We do place some controls on what gets taught. But can I take the video that the church makes available and host a Bible study in my home? Well, no. In a control environment, you'd go, hey, you're not ready for that. Right. And right. You, you don't know enough. And what if these lost people come in and corrupt the whole church? Right. You know? But in a in a, uh, a more graceful approach or a, a less control, we say, heck, yeah, that, that fits right with our mission. Please mm -hmm. take off and go for it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure there's church leaders who are listening who are saying, Man, that just sounds so wishy-washy, airy-fairy, like, ah, you got to be kidding me. What about the truth? We're for the truth. Um, you know, what would you say to, uh, to that leader, you know, who is, who's thinking that today? 
Yeah, I would say it's it's a pretty valid feeling that they would have. I mean, I, you know, it really is. Right. It's a scary thing to talk about. So I would I would go in two directions uh, for that leader. One thing I would bring up is that you have to ask what motivates our desire to control things. Hmm. Is it fear or is it love? Right. Uh, when someone comes up with a crazy idea, mm-hmm. uh, we either react in fear or in love. So if if a lady comes and says, man, I want to start this ministry, and it's a little bit edgy to us, it's a little bit scary to us, fear says, well, who's going to be involved in it? How much money is it going to cost? Uh, what are you going to be teaching? I mean, those are the control questions, the fear questions. Mm-hmm. The love question, however, is how can we help you? How can we empower you? How can we guide you along? Uh, and so I would just consider my motive. Look at my heart. Is, am I afraid of losing control right. or am I trying to empower? Right. Uh, the, the other thing I would, I would throw out there is I use punctuation a lot to talk about this. I think there are levels in the church where there ought to be exclamation points. Hmm. If you're on staff, you're going to attend and give and support, show up for work, exclamation point. <laughs> right. No question. Right. Then there are levels where there need to be periods. Uh, if you're going to lead this team, you need to do it faithfully. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to you need to to spiritually lead it and and pray through it. And then there's a level at which we have some question marks. Okay. So someone says, "Can I? Uh, I'm gay. Can I keep attending? Right. I'm going through divorce. Can I keep listening to the sermons? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Let's have a question mark. Let's have a conversation that goes on. It'll make this a teachable time." Instead of an exclamation point where you're out the door, we've stated the truth abruptly without love, and you're gone. So that's how I, I would look at it. Oh, I, I'd really, um, this has been encouraging. I appreciate you. I think you're giving some great tools, some great handles for pastors as they wrestle with, you know, some significant nuance um, in life. And, you know, I think there's one of these things we like to talk about it on seminaries, stuff they didn't talk about at semin- in seminary. And yeah. the reality of it is people don't fit in nice equal boxes, right? They, they don't Definitely. They don't fit into a binary. Well, they're either saved or they're not. I realize they do in the grand scheme of things. That's a bad example. Uh, they, they <laughs> uh, you know, they don't, they're more on a spectrum on a lot of issues. And how do we help people take steps towards Christ, um, regardless of where they're at in their spiritual background? Um, and so I, you know, I appreciate that. Anything else you'd like to share with our, our listeners before we jump into the lightning round? You know, I think at the end of the day, um, every church is going to be different in the balance right. between growth and control. You cannot give up control entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and please don't give up control or growth entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the balance is going to look different in a church with an elder board that's been around 100 years than it is in a new church plant meeting in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I think the diversity can be healthy, uh, and we can probably learn from each other. Right. Uh, so growth thinkers need to learn from control thinkers right. and vice versa. So good balance is somewhere to be found. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, here we are in the lightning round. So excited to have Brendan Cox on the phone today. Um, great leader, fantastic leader. And uh, we're, so we're going to jump through some questions that we ask everybody uh, who has been a part of the show. So the first is, what's an online resource, kind of like Evernote or something like that, that you've been using these days that's been helping you? MindMeister is one of my favorites. First time on the show, almost 40 episodes. No one's talked about MindMeister. Tell us about it. (laughs) It's mind mapping. And uh, 
you just create bubbles that connect to other bubbles. You brainstorm, whether it's a sermon series or a new program or strategy. You just go to town, throw the ideas out there, and let them fall. You can collaborate with other people. You can share the map. You can export it as a Word document, PDF, all that good stuff. And uh, It's iPhone, iPad, online, all together. So I use it all the time. Fantastic. Um, what's a book you've read in the last, you know, six months, maybe to a year, that's um, had an impact on you, has you thinking about it, chewing on it? Um, you know, what should we be reading? Well, the one right now, uh, it's not really a leadership or strategy book. It's a theology book mm-hmm. um, called The Father, the Son, and the Other One by Jeff Kennedy. Okay. It really got me thinking because I'm, I'm a Baptist. He's a symbol of God. <laughs> it's very interesting for me to read through it. but. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm nine chapters in, and it just continues to challenge me about tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit for everything we do. So I'm loving it. I love that title. That's a great title for a, a book, for sure. Um, <laughs> another ministry that, that's inspiring you, that kind of has you thinking um, you know, these days. Yeah. Well, I just, just got finished with uh, going through a coaching uh, network, six-month coaching deal under Sean Lovejoy at Mountain Lake Church. Mm and really taught me a ton of really practical stuff. So I watch them all the time because mm-hmm. uh, I find Sean to be strong yet balanced, mm-hmm. um, a little crazy, a little on edge at times <laughs> right. in, in ways that I need to be challenged. So that, that's probably the one we're looking at a lot. Cool. Um, all right, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader that's alive today, uh, you know, who would you want to get some time with and why? Uh, man, that's such a, such a good question. I, I think... And this, this, my answer is probably different than it was a week ago, but, but I, I really would love to sit down with Wayne Cordero. Okay. And, yeah. and the reason why is he's been in a portable church for many, many years now. Uh, I mean, they're running 10,000 people and still setting up and tearing down every Sunday. Right. He has a gentle approach to even sticky issues. Mm-hmm. And, and I sometimes listen to him and I think I, I want some of his spirit and attitude. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd love to meet with him. Hmm. Very cool. All right. So, you know, when you're not um, out pastoring a new church or helping people with pastors.com or trying to balance out control versus freedom, uh, what do you do for fun? How do you, you know, just kind of kick back? How do you spend your Sabbath? What do you do to just kind of relax? Well, I'm a big fan of uh, Walking Dead. Oh, nice. This season has been good. I've liked it. Those who arrive will survive. Yeah. Some some (laughs) twists and some turns. Um, and you know, I love playing with my kids, just uh, wrestling with them on the floor. My boys, my, my 11-year-old daughter, t- just love spending time with them. That's a, that's a big deal to me. Um, and and just, I don't know, just, just doing some writing about things that don't matter. Um, I like doing that. <laughs> fun. That's so fun. Yeah, I had someone you know say to me once, like, why, why are you into Walking Dead? It's like zombies and stuff. I said, I'm a person of the resurrection. People coming back to life, you know. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a funny. Uh, it's a it's a it's a good show. It's not about zombies. That's the thing. It's about the right. people. It's a fascinating show. Um, all right. Well, Brandon, I appreciate you being on the phone today. If people want to get in touch with you, um, you know, learn more about you, you know, get in touch with your ministry, how can they do that? The quick, easy way is just cruise to brandonacox.com. All my contact information is there. Links to whatever I do, you can find it all at that one spot. Nice. You're an author of a book called Rewire. Can you give us the 30-second, what is the book about? And uh, yeah, just give us, so give some, frame that up for people. 
Yeah, well, it's got the longest subtitle in history. <laughs> it's uh, how using today's technology can bring you back to deeper relationships, real conversations, and the age-old methods of sharing God's love. I do um, like that you had to, for people that aren't watching the video podcast, you had to get the book to read it. Yeah. It's so long, the author had to find the book to, to read the subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, the short version is uh, social media is not new. It's ancient. Uh, it's just information passing through relationships. Facebook and Twitter just happen to be the new tools we're using to do it. Nice, very cool, great book. You should read that as a leader. You know, if you're looking for, um, you know, something to help you kind of stretch and think on that side. We have a lot of people that are interested in communications that listen to the podcast. Uh, that'd be a great book for you to uh, to pick up. Well, Brandon, I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, have a great day. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>